What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another week of the Playbook with Joey and Zach on WZBC AM Sports Radio. Tonight, we'll start the episode by recapping the final four of both the men's and women's March Madness tournaments. After that, we'll preview the final three games of the Celtics season and also discuss the Bruins' hot streak. Then we'll transition to the MLB's opening day and giving, uh, give insight into the Red Sox-Yankees matchup tomorrow, along with our predictions for the upcoming MLB season. Following that, <clears throat> excuse me, following that, we'll break down yesterday's baseball bean pot matchup between BC and Northeastern. BC ended up winning that game 4-2. to um, And we will also preview the UMass-BC finals showdown uh, next Tuesday. Um, next, I'll also have my cousin come on, star pitcher for St. Michael's College in Vermont, sophomore. Um, he's had a great season. Uh, he's going to call into the show to talk about his clutch elite performance from this past Sunday's game against Stonehill. Um, and it'll also give some insight into how he thinks the rest of the season will go. Um, at the end, we'll give our predictions for tomorrow's fours and four matchups at the TD Garden. And I'll also give some predictions for who we think is going to win um, the finals. So a lot to get through tonight. We're psyched to get going. Um, March Madness is the beginning. Let's hear it. What mm-hmm. do you think? Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, crazy game Monday night. Obviously wanted to see UNC win. Um, actually, I guess it's been a whole week after Duke lost and started rooting for, rooting for UNC in the championship against Kansas. Uh, I thought they played really well. I mean, it was a great team all year. Obviously, with Baycock getting hurt, uh, it sucked. Um, but, I mean, the team fought really hard. Caleb Love struggled in, uh, you know, the final game. Uh, you know, he missed, you know, a couple big-time shots. But he still played uh, well overall, I thought, despite a poor shooting performance. Um, and it definitely shouldn't overshadow the way he played against Duke. Uh, big win for Kansas. Um, I mean, they had four guys and five guys in double figures. Uh, they really played a strong team game. Um, and, I mean, they they were just hot in the second half. They were shooting well. What did they score? 47 points in the second half. Yeah, it was a um, big choke. Mm-hmm. UNC just kind of fell apart a little bit. Kansas had all the energy, all the momentum. Um, I mean, Baycock going down, as I just mentioned, for UNC was really tough, which I'm really frustrated with because the reason he actually got hurt was because of a loose floorboard. Um, I saw I saw, like a re- I saw a replay the other day, yeah. Um, I mean, it's the national championship. I think that's ridiculous that they have, you know, a loose piece of floorboard on, you know, the biggest stage in the world for college basketball. So, obviously frustrating. Um, big performances from a lot of guys in UNC, though. Baycott, Brady Manick, RJ Davis, Caleb Love all came to play all in double figures. Um, so, I mean, overall, I think UNC had a great uh, run. Hubert Davis always had a great run uh, as his first year as head coach. Um, and I was honestly a little bit surprised to see Kansas win that one, especially the dominant first half uh, that UNC played. I thought it was over. Uh, so what were your thoughts on that game? Uh, the thing about UNC that I actually liked was, you know, obviously being an eight seed, they came in being an underdog, and they didn't play like an yeah, underdog at all. They never played like an eight seed. They played like a two or three the whole entire tournament. So, mm-hmm. yeah, especially nothing, the last couple of rounds. Yeah, I mean, they have nothing to keep their head down above. They played on rail, had a great run. Um, I was rooting for them because of Chris Cotillo. I was texting him. He's a big fan. We've had him on the show before. Um, hopefully get him on to talk about the Red Sox at some point. Um, but that's the thing, though. I mean, with them being an underdog, once Kentucky lost to me, I didn't really care who won. So, uh I kind of latched onto UNC over the last two or three games uh, just to root for them for his sake. And also, I, I like the team, too. I liked how they played. Yeah, I like a lot of guys on that team. Baycott, Love, Baycott, Davis. I mean, Baycott kind of fits what I like Manic. about a player. He's hurt, has the ankle injury, hurt himself mm. in that Duke game, trying to fight it off and play the whole game against Kansas. He gave it his all. I mean, that's just that, – those are the type of guys I like, which I'll get into mm. the LA Caleb Love did that, point. too. He got pretty hurt, it seemed like, in the Kansas game. And he, and he kept fighting. And that's yeah, the he thing. stayed out there the whole time. I mean, I'll get into it about the Kansas – I mean, not Kansas, about the Clippers and everything and why I like – you know, guys that fight and that, you know, never give up. And uh, Baycott embodied that playing, you know, as hard as he did, even with the ankle injury. You couldn't tell he was hurt until, obviously, he rolls an ankle with, like, 35, 40 seconds to go. But 
Um, definitely a tough loss losing him. But, I mean, UNC did play really well. Obviously struggled from the three, though, five of 23. But 55 rebounds, they dominated on the glass. Kansas actually had a lot of big bodies, too. It's interesting that, you know, North Carolina had 55 boys. But it makes sense, though. They played the game right. Did everything great fundamentally. Hubert Davis is a great coach. I mean, they have a lot um, to build mm-hmm. off of. 24 offensive Yeah, they got a great future for sure. 24 to 8 was the, was how much UNC dominated the rebounds. Yeah, they were, uh, offensive rebounds they were dominant on the glass, especially in the first UNC. half, too. There I'm you go. UNC right now. Yeah, they really crushed uh, Kansas on the board in the first half. I think that's, you know, one of the major reasons why. I think it went from 22-22 to 38-22 UNC. Um, and a big part of that was because they had 16 second chance points at one point to Kansas is zero with about six or seven minutes left in the first half, which is absolutely nuts. Um, it, a lot of that comes from Baycott, too, who finished with 15 points and 15 boards to go along with it. I mean, he was just an absolute beast out there. Kansas really had no answer for him. Obviously, him going down towards the end was really tough and really hurt UNC's chances. Um, but definitely a great year one for Hubert Davis, I thought. And I mean, they're going to have a great program going forward. So, um, yeah. you know, excited to see how that plays out. The interesting thing was, I mean, them beating Duke was just – overshadowed because obviously the Kansas game everyone's only thinking about this game right now the Kansas North Carolina game. but then being Duke was impressive on its own I mean they were uh, yeah that was probably the dog. best college basketball game of the year I mean they were unreal in UNC it. Duke I ended up beating them just because just because I like the underdog story of it mm-hmm. I knew them coming I mean, yeah we went back and forth last week but it really could have um, been anyone's game UNC I mean, I mean, it was neck were, and neck the entire time I think they played better for the most part the whole game I feel like they had the momentum for the most part which I didn't catch as much as the game I wanted um did catch the finals, but um, I want to catch more of that game against Duke. But the interesting thing, though, is Coach K was finished his career fifty and fifty against UNC. So it's pretty crazy how competitive both teams have been and how good both teams have been for the last you know thirty years or so that they that he was five hundred, which is nuts. So you think mm-hmm. you know with how good Duke's been, you know, recently. Too, yeah, I don't think there's the lead. But. I saw some stat the other day. There's no team that's played him more than ten times that has a winning record against him. Yeah, uh, which is nuts. So it just goes to show what a great career he's had. Yeah, and they um, played well in that game, too. Obviously, they didn't come up uh, with the win, but Baycott's injury definitely hurt. Still ended up winning the game. Um, but that's a crazy thing, though. You know, UNC had guys step up, and even in the even in the finals game, you know what I mean? Love missed that tough three. He had a tough game. He was 5-24 from the field, but um, and obviously Baycott was 3 of 13. But Manic had a great game, hit a couple big threes. Um, you know, in the last two or three minutes of the game, hit a big three. Um, he had 13 mm-hmm. points, but... That's the thing, though. Tough Love. free throw shooting from Duke, too. That yeah. really killed them at the end. Mark Williams, two missed yeah. free throws. That would have given the lead. And then uh, Trevor Keels at the end missed one. That would have made it a one-point game and, you know, would have been within reach at the very end there Yeah, had they been able to shoot those. So, I mean, it really yeah, comes down to free throw shooting at the end of the day sometimes, being able to take care of the ball and shoot free throws. Definitely. Um, so that's the thing, though. That's sometimes the ball rolls where, you know, you could be on your A game like they were. They were up 16 at one point. That's actually the biggest comeback in – uh, tournament finals history, 16 points, you know, Kansas came back, which I got to give Kansas credit too. I mean, we're only talking mm-hmm. to UNC just because. Yeah, that was an unbelievable comeback. Kansas played great. Obviously the second half, they really zoned in on defense, made every shot a contested shot. Obviously they were still getting hit with the rebounds, you know, rebounds was, you know, UNC still led in rebounds, but none of the shots that UNC really had in the second half were easy buckets. A lot of them were, you know, high drives. They hit a couple of threes too, but a lot mm-hmm. of the high drives that they had to earn. Um, so obviously Kansas really zoned in. Yeah, they played incredibly defense. hard. Um, McCormick had a couple of big shots too. I mean, all around though, um, they did deserve to win that game at the end. They shot pretty well too. They UNC shot forty four percent, and um, that was overall too. So compared to UNC's thirty one percent, I mean, that's a big time difference. It's surprising that UNC was able to you know stay in a game with that, shooting only thirty one percent from the field and twenty one percent from deep, twenty two percent. But I mean, 
it just goes to show how hard each team played. UNC in the first half and then Kansas in the second half. I mean, coming back from down 15 at the end of the first half, I thought that game was over, to be honest, at halftime. I thought and so, too. I thought sudden, so. Hard. It was like, you know, two threes in a row for game. Kansas, and it's back to being a ball game with like 15 minutes left, 12 minutes left or something. I mean, that's um, that's how it goes sometimes. You know what I mean? It's just it's all I need, Yeah, all I need I for a momentum shift, really. I thought they were winning that, but... Um, Kansas or UNC? I thought UNC had it oh, okay. up 16. I thought that yeah, me so too. Hard. I thought halftime, I mean, they just looked so good in the last five minutes of the half UNC. I thought it was over after that. I thought they had all the momentum going to the break, and then Kansas just came out harder than UNC did, I thought. I mean, you could just kind of tell in the energy of the game uh, that yeah. Kansas were going to make a comeback as soon as they hit a couple shots to start the half and, uh, you know, kind of shook off their poor first-half performance. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's how, as I said, sometimes how the, the game goes, where you're going to go in a big run, be up in the first half, but the second half, you really struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they still kept a close game. They only lost by three, right? They lost by three. was yeah. 72-69. But um, even then, though, you still want to win a game if you're up 16. But at least they didn't end up getting blown up by 15, even though they were up 16. You know what I mean? If you, it was a 31-point mm-hmm. swing, that would be a lot. I mean, they still had plenty of chances at the end of the yeah, game. Definitely. Like Caleb Love, three to tie. No return. And they had a couple chances before that as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the guy from uh, Kansas stepping out of bounds. Yeah. So they had another three-point chance before that. Harris, I think, right, stepped out of bounds on Kansas. Yeah, yeah I think, think Manic had a chance down the stretch. Um, I mean, they had plenty of opportunities to tie the game, just couldn't Manic make a basket. On that last play, too, that inbounds yeah. play. Yeah. I, I, that looked a little like uh, purposeful to me, the way he was kind of crawling the court. It seemed like he was kind of a decoy. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting, though. I, I thought that, too, at first. But his, so, I mean, there was the only three seconds left, or four seconds left on the clock anyway, so I don't know if they really would have had time to get in the ball. That's the thing, though. It was the last game of the year, less play just to try to, you know, extend it, make it over to OT. I mean, I understand having a decoy if it's, you know, third quarter of the NFL Super Bowl, you know what I mean? But having it be the last second, last play of the game, I don't think it's worth, you know, having a guy in the just mm-hmm. a decoy. But I, I, I mean, I, I could see it. Yeah, here we go. They had three chances to tie the game, actually, at the end. Caleb Love missed a three with 15 seconds left. Then it was Puff Johnson missing another three. And then yeah, Puff Johnson got a lot uh, of minutes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really stepped up big time, uh, you know, over Baycott. Um, he was a big difference maker for UNC. Um, I thought, but they just couldn't make uh, plays on the stretch. Caleb Love had that missed layup too that would have given UNC the lead. Uh, they just couldn't get the lead off the basket for the final two or three minutes. It seemed like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nuts. But you know, it was a great tournament though. Obviously, really exciting. A lot of teams. St. Peter's run was was uh, unreal. Obviously, they had three guys transferring now. Um, mm-hmm. I think Edgar yeah, I bet uh, Seton Hall. I think yeah, for yeah. sure. Seton Hall. Uh, Shaheen Holloway signing with them. To join Holloway, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Seems like a guys, great coach. Guess the guy playing really school. hard. So I think Seton Hall could make a step up in the Big East next year. Big Speaking East of the Big East, actually, there are rumors today that Gonzaga is going to join them, but I don't buy it at all. Uh, you know, a lot of people on Twitter are calling for them to join the Big East and said there was a good chance, but uh, a couple of analysts had came out and said that's definitely not happening. It's nowhere close. So I just think it would be odd to have Gonzaga in the Big East. I'd wouldn't see an issue with them joining a conference like you know the Pac-12 or something that makes a little bit more sense because uh, I do think they should get out of their conference you now with the other two biggest players being St. Mary's and San Francisco who are good once in every blue moon like this year. Um, but just thought that was an interesting thing I saw today. Yeah, I mean definitely be crazy. I think they'll end up staying where they are. I think they're in a good conference where they're at. Um, really don't mm-hmm. too much to compete against St. Mary's and. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's good for them, but it also. Uh, it definitely hurts them when it comes to tournament right. time. They got to play, you know, six legit teams in a row. They're not really used to that. And we've seen it the last few years. I mean, yeah, they're, they're always so good, and they get so far, and just they can't, uh, you know, finish in the tournament. They haven't won once, so yeah, that's the thing. Definitely tough. Um, but uh, moving on, yeah, you want to get into the uh, women's no, we basketball? Can get into the women's I know you picked South Carolina. 
Yeah, big um, win for my, them. Wasn't my winner, unfortunately. I, you know, believe that Lansing State ended up not happening. UConn ended up being in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was cool to see UConn out there. Uh, they had a great year. Um, Jesse Henderson, South Carolina was just dominant. Twenty six points. Game. Yeah, Aaliyah Boston had a great game, um, which is great to see. She's from Worcester, which is pretty cool. Um, she was a beast out there. Twenty two points rebounds. in the championship game. Yep, uh, she's an animal. Paige had nineteen uh, for UConn. Uh, she balled out as she always does. Uh, South Carolina really dominated in the fourth quarter. It was kind of nuts. It, the score was only uh, 57 to 54 at the end of the third, and South Carolina outscored UConn 16 to 3 in the fourth quarter. It was absolutely dominated both sides of the game. They got the little looks inside. They completely shut down UConn. UConn couldn't really shoot, uh, and they forced them to tough shots as well. So South Carolina really earned this win. Uh, at the end of the day, I think they were just bigger and more athletic than UConn, not necessarily more talented. Um, I mean, that team is just full of beats, South Carolina. There's really nowhere to stop them. Uh, what are they, 30? Don't make them, I think. Yeah, they were unreal. 40 and 2 on the season. Yeah. Were, I think they were 34 and 2. Oh, yeah, and then 6 and 9 34 and 3 or something before the tourney. Yeah. yeah, I think they had two losses, so 40 and 2 for the whole season. They're absolutely dominant. I they mean, beat Louisville. I mean, uh, Leah Boss, like you were just saying, from Worcester, mm-hmm. 23 points, 18 rebounds against uh, Louisville. Louisville, Louisville, I had winning. I do like their football team. People know I'm a big Malik Cunningham fan, so I was rooting for their yeah, basketball team there. Lamar Jackson, of course. Um, so I was rooting for them for there. But tough game there, obviously. The ACC, though, I mean, they had a lot of teams in both tournaments that, that did well. So Louisville just made it to the Final Four as an accomplishment of its own, just like mm-hmm. you know, UNC and Duke made it in the men's side. So pretty cool, though. Obviously, the ACC was putting in some work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, big year for the ACC. Three teams in the Elite Eight. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Father Leahy was psyched. I was talking the other day. He said... He's rooting for the ACC. The school gets three hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars. The ACC gets like three hundred fifty grand or something every time an ACC team wins, which I thought was nuts. Yeah, it's crazy, but, uh, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is wild. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess go ACC. It's good for them. So three teams in the Elite Eight. That was impressive, especially for what people were calling it down here. Uh, I mean, we saw how good a lot of these teams were. Um, you know, Notre Dame had a great year too. Uh, as I just mentioned, Miami, UNC, Duke. Uh, I think that was the only four in, in the tournament. And they all made it past the first round. Uh, I think UNC lost in the second round to... Um, the men's or women's? Men's. Oh, men's basketball? Notre Dame. I mean, did I say Notre Dame? UNC lost to win the ACC tournament? No, I, I meant Notre Dame in the March Madness. Oh, in thinking. March I Madness. I didn't mean to say Madness. UNC. No, I meant it. Notre Dame. Um, yeah, they lost. They lost in the second round. round. Yeah, yeah, they won their first game. Yeah, Either way, good performance from the ACC throughout the entire tournament. So, Yeah. Um, um, so definitely, uh, it was a good run. Both women's and men's, um, didn't really do well in either of them for me, but I mean, it's, no. that's sometimes how, it's right. I mean, neither did I, I had a tough time. Um, I mean, I finished probably in the middle of my bracket pool, uh, for both of them. So I didn't even open it I, after the first day. Didn't yeah. I wasn't really checking, we'll check right but someone just told me it was like seventh out of 16 or something. Yeah. How do we do against each other? Let's see. I'm going to open it right, right now. Pool. Let's see. I was tough with. I only had Duke in my final four. Finished that was the only team. I finished 10th. You finished 7th. So. Let's go. I knew I was 7th. Um, what a run I mean, me. obviously not psyched about that um, after a second place run next year. That I should have won if I didn't give Nick Graz, uh my locks with yeah. USC and LSU last year. Um, That's tough. You know, I lost by 10 points after that. Yeah. Which is tough. But Definitely tough. But Anyway, another storyline. Ryan Byrne, the winner of the league, oh, Ryan Byrne. didn't pay. So... We're going to get something fun for the mod next year with the money. Of course, he didn't so, pay. Yeah, no. You didn't hear about that? No, I didn't. Yeah, or, uh, actually. Yeah, no. He said he'd pay $7 because he didn't have enough money in his bed or something. Tell me to get, so, get a job out there, kid. Italy. That's what I'm saying. 
I mean, he's paying for a nice $7. dinner and everything. I haven't seen on a story, so I don't know what the deal was with $7. that. Seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said he's gonna need like a loan or something. Get bread up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's always grinding networking, so maybe that's why. I guess so. Uh, we'll we'll get him on next week. Working. He can explain himself. Yeah, we'll he's see. He's a beast, though. We miss him. But uh, Celtics NBA. Um, we'll get into some of that really quick, and then uh, we'll see. I- I'm trying to get Joey Hosey on at some point, probably 7:30 or so. Probably run yeah, through the Celtics, the NBA for the next, you know, eight minutes or so, and then maybe I'll, you know, hit the Bruins and then get Joey Hosey in to talk some college baseball and probably get into the Red Sox after that, and then for his tournament. By the time we know it, it'll be eight, which is crazy. So mm-hmm. time yeah, it's gonna be fast up to like the Celtics. Is. So obviously, Grant yeah. Williams injury. Um, they've had to find a way for guys to step up. Grant Williams has been playing really well, like we've been highlighting. Um, obviously, Peyton Pritchard has been unconscious out there, as you would say. He's been killing it. Um, yeah, he's been a beast. Been a shooter we need. He's an unreal for these, like, Luke mm, Canard out there. It's ridiculous. He's averaging, like, 60 70% or something over the last few weeks, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, yeah, he really has been unconscious. I mean, he's the shooter this team desperately needed. Um, Someone had to step up. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, it was always getting frustrating every summer the Celtics go by, and, you know, there's shooters in the market. Like, I mean, not this year, obviously, but in the past couple of years, guys like J.J. Redick, uh, Kyle Korver years ago, and the Celtics seem to always pass on shooters like this. Uh, you know, instead, often the draft guys like Aaron Neesmith, Pritchard. Um, I kind of accepted more of Neesmith to be more of a sharpshooter, but I'm absolutely psyched that Pritchard's been playing this way. He's really became uh, the top three-point shooter of this team, it seems like, in terms of catch and shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's been absolutely ridiculous the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing is the Celtics right now are second in the East. They're tied, you know, for second with the Bucks and the Sixers. we got the tiebreaker rooms who are second. Um, two and a half games out from the Heat, so we'll probably finish mm-hmm. somewhere between two and four. Yeah, with three um, games left, interesting. I would see us finishing. I mean, since we hold the tiebreaker right now over the Bucks and Sixers, I see us finishing second. I'll say three or four. But which isn't a bad spot, because right now it's most likely that the Nets, assuming they win their play-in, oh, actually now there's a little bit of a shift, so they can I mean, get the you Bucks play us, though, tomorrow. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's a game. That's got know. major implications. It's a head-to-head, um, so they can, anyone can gain a game there. Only three. Mm-hmm. They, only have, they have three left as well. Obviously, we played tonight, too, against the Bulls, I believe. Um, got Jalen Brown back, which mm-hmm. is huge. Whatever the um, Nets do is a big deal, too, because right now there's a chance that we end up with the two and the Nets end up with the seven. Uh, so that's definitely what I don't want. Yeah. In that case, I wouldn't mind even being the four. Um, just anything to avoid them. Then we might play the Especially Raptors. Especially just to be on the other side. And then you might play the Raptors over Toronto and some Celtics are unvaccinated. So you're going to run into an issue, I think, no matter mm-hmm. what you do, um, which is the issue there, obviously. But... Um, playing in Toronto can't be yeah it is pretty strange the whole thing but then the Celtics came out and said that you know if we're playing in Toronto everyone's going to be ready to play so I'm not really sure what that means I think they just want to shut down any uh, distractions for now I mean why would Al Horford Jalen Brown and some other guys that are healthy just sit out just to sit out in that game I just thought that was a little odd I don't know yeah I think so too there's something weird going on there Um, but to be honest I think right now looking at uh, the standings if everything looks uh, ends up looking like how it is right now the Heat being one Celtics has two uh, Bucks three, Sixers four, and then Cavs seven and eight. I really like that matchup of Celtics Cavs in the first round, and then in the second round we'd play the winner of the Bucks and Cavs. Um, which I'd rather play the Sixers in the second round, but I think the Bucks are definitely a better matchup for us than the Nets. Um, I think the Bucks and the Nets are the worst two matchups we could possibly get. Uh, but we're gonna have to get one of them probably in the second round if we make it. Um. But I think with the return of Robert Williams coming up in hopefully a few weeks, uh, it's actually still not ruled out that um, he'll be missing the first round yet, even though I think he will. Uh, Celtics will probably remain cautious with him. Um, but, and I mean, with him in the lineup, we've seen how good this team is defensively, and I think we can beat anyone, including the Bucks uh, or the Nets. Um, 
But I'd definitely rather see the Sixers, then the Bucks, then the Nets, if I had to pick an order of who I'd want the team to play in the first round, just based off matchups and everything. Because um, I know Kevin Durant would give us fits. Um, Kyrie, too, has been unreal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, both of them have been going off. So. His, Nets, his layup against the Pacers yesterday was ridiculous. Went mm-hmm. up, around, under, turn. It was just crazy. Switched hands in air. Um, that'd definitely be a tough I mean, Yeah, to be honest, if I was putting money on a winner out of the East, I'd put money on the Nets right now. They just look, they've looked great the last few weeks. Uh, I mean, they've had a couple of shaky losses, but beyond that, Kyrie and KD are just balling out. I think come playoff time, everything's different. Um, I mean, talent almost always wins when it comes to playoff time. Uh, had a close loss to the Bucks, and then that was actually a really good game. Uh, went to OT and then lost to the Hawks after that, uh, but came back with a big run against the Rockets. Um, two nights ago, so uh, they look solid overall. Uh, that's a team I definitely don't want to see in the playoffs. Um, but there's still a chance they fall into the nine uh, by the time the play-in comes around, or the ten actually it depends on the last few games sway, and then uh, they would only be locked into the eight seed should they win their play-in games. Uh, so I think that's an ideal situation for the Celtics right now, um, who are realistically going to be a two, three, or four right now. So um, definitely excited to see how that plays out over the next couple of weeks. Um, and in the West as well, you're the, the Clippers, LA Lakers. I was going to say, I was going to say, your Lakers. My Clippers. They're done, dude. Tough loss last night. Uh, they're My officially Clippers. eliminated from the play-in. Yeah. I mean, your Clips are looking good, though. I liked, I only like the Lakers because I like LeBron and Russ. I actually am a fan of the Clippers. That was the difference. Like, I don't really have Fair any Lakers, uh, you know, apparel or, or anything. I got a ton of Clippers stuff, long sleeves, sweatshirts, uh, flip-flops, hats. You, you know, have more I'm, Clippers than Celtics. I, here's the thing, though. The Clippers have nicer colors, in my opinion. I'm, I always wear blue and, and, and red because of the Giants. Um, mm-hmm. but they're obviously white. They just have cleaner um, colors to me. And then also, I'm just a big fan of the way they play. The Clippers, hey, right now, I have the win. When you rock the Clippers, finals. you shoot well. Pick up. So. I do. I have a red sweatshirt. You know, I wear well. I wear, you know, I play well when I'm wearing it. But the Clippers right now are 39-40 in the West. Uh, you know, and playing in the Western Conference being just about 500. Without Kawhi Leonard this whole season, only 29 games with Paul George. So impressive how great of a coach Tyron Lue is. Um, Paul George is three games back from his injury. He's averaging 23.7 points a game, six assists, three steals, and 52% from three, which is nuts. He's having a, a, a great run so far in his return. Um, they put up a hundred, They've had a couple big wins. Yeah, and he put up 153. The Bucks on their own, like against the Bucks, the Clippers put up 153 on their own without Paul George. Last Friday night, 153 to 119. They won by 34. Um, Paul George didn't even play, as I said, but they had 43 points from Robert Covington, another guy that fits everything that that team embodies in, in, in uh, the structure they want their, their guys to have and play by. Um, Robert Covington went 11 for 18 from three, 32 points, six rebounds, seven assists from Rhea Coffey. Um, and then you add in Luke Kennard having uh, 23 points of Terrence Mann with 18. You know I'm a big Terrence Mann guy. Talk about him a ton on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Clippers are something about them, though. So and then they blew up the Pelicans by 19 after. And, and they're just a hot team getting hotter. And at the right time, Norman Powell's coming back tonight, first game back since February 12th after his foot injury. And they're, they're playing the, the Suns tonight. And they're favored by two and a half points. The Suns have the best record in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Number one team. The Suns are starting to sit, guys. That's the thing. That's the thing, though. But factor in, though, still have a good team. Factor in, though, I mean, if Paul George would probably play tonight. But factor in, they don't have Kawhi Leonard yet. You add Kawhi Leonard to this team, they'll win in the NBA Finals. I mean, I'd put anything mm-hmm. on it. I mean, the only reason they're favored tonight, though, is because the Suns are sitting Paul, Booker, and Aiden. Put them all three in the line, they still win this game. I still would take this team to win this game. I can't wait to see that. I hope they match up because right now, this, the Clippers are the eight. And the Suns are the one. That I would be a first round, uh, good first round matchup. I'd love for them to. I match still got up. Suns in the six in that one though. I mean, just the way the Suns move the ball. Dude, uh, six games last five year guys that can shoot. without Kawhi and Norman Powell. You know what I mean? It was six last year without them. I think the likelihood that that team stays completely healthy though is slim to none. 
I mean, it's just like saying, you know, Tatum in the clutch won't dribble the ball off his knee. It happens every year. You know what I mean? Same mm-hmm. thing. But, I mean, yeah, you can still say that someone, I think this someone the on the Clippers will get hurt. I think this is the year they win it. There's something about the grit, the energy they play with. That's that's everything I like. I've talked about hustle on this a million times. A million. I love guys that hustle and give it their all. And there's something about the Clippers. It's not about Tyron Lue, the mentality gives them. None of them give up. None of them give up. They all dive in every loose ball, as I've talked about. None of them take plays off. No one's walking up the court. They're going for every offensive rebound. They're drilling threes. They're playing great defense. I mean, the best, I'd say the most talented team defensively with how great they are on defense. Paul George walked down defender. Kawhi Leonard walked down defender. Norman Powell, very good defender. Having those two guys is a big question mark, though. That's Robert Covington, great I think they're a great team. Avicii Zubak, great defender. Every one of the team turns him in, actually. Another but I just defender. I don't see any way they're going to have Kawhi and PG healthy. They're locking anyone up even without those two guys, though, honestly. I think they can lock up. Even they can, but they, that team without both up. those guys is going to be the Phoenix Suns, who have been the best team in the league by far this year. I'll say this. The Celtics better just hope that if they ever were to make the NBA Finals, they ain't the Clippers. I'll say that. Celtics are being the Clippers in seven. I mean, right now the only team that, I mean, you've seen the last few years, too, every team that has made you know the semifinals, uh, the conference championships, and the NBA Finals have been teams that have moved the ball the, uh, the best in the NBA. I mean, they did. Uh, you know, Suns, Bucks last year. I mean, those are two teams that are really built uh, with guys that can really play a role. Each team has, you know, a true point guard, uh, guys like Drew Holiday and Chris Paul, um, superstars like Booker and Giannis. Uh, and I just don't see the Clips having that same build just the way. I mean, they're a defensive-minded team, but they don't have the same kind of ball movement and flow on offense that, you know, a team like the Suns have. They have the aggressiveness they need, though, the energy. That, that, that takes But the last energy. few years, it's been the teams that have been it able to move more. the ball, uh, you know, have a lot of offensive flow. We've seen it with the Celtics, too, how much better they've been playing. Um, that's really what the league's become these days. I mean, I'm taking, as I said, I'm, I'm a Celtics fan, but if the Celtics were to play the Clippers, let's say, in the NBA Finals, I think the Clippers are making the NBA Finals. Um, I think they win the West. Especially if Kawhi comes back, it's not a question in my, in my mind. Um, but... Uh, if, if, if it's Celtics and Clippers place. without one of Kawhi or PGA at the Celtics in five or six, I don't know. You add I don't know. Kawhi, then it's top. That's going to be a seven to, uh, seven game series. Without regardless. Robert Williams, too. Smaller lineup. I um, think if the Celtics make, big, if the Celtics make a deep guys. run, we'll have Robert Williams by. I don't I mean, it's tough to predict because there's Probably a good chance they, uh, they're they going to be cautious of them. But that's the thing. they're still keeping an open running. book in the first round, too, which gives me hope that. Later in the playoffs, there's a decent chance that he'll be playing. I don't think he'll be playing in the first round. It's way too soon, uh, even though they're saying they're Probably keeping third, an open door for it. Um, but yeah, by the time it's you know May, I think there's a decent chance he comes back. Sounds gonna make a run though, there. even without him. But I mean, we winning, definitely got the potential the way everyone's on. shooting right now. Pritchard's been stepping up. Uh, guys like Grant Williams, he's been uh, my, one of my favorite players this year actually. Um, you know, starting line has been playing great as well. Smart and White have been a great lockdown backcourt, I think, for this team. That's, you know, really what we needed. I think the Derek White trade made a huge difference. I mean, we've seen the way that this team has played since that trade. Uh, just defensively, the hustle and everything. Um, I mean, I think we have one of the best defensive backcourts in the, in the NBA right now, if not the best, uh, in Derek White and Smart. So, um, and then you got two incredible scorers, Brown and Tatum, who have been, you know, averaging low 30s, high 20s every night pretty much. Um, and then ideally Rob Williams to anchor it down in the middle, if not Al Horford and Tice, um, obviously not the same, but you know, they can still play and compete in the playoff team. They're still both good enough in my opinion. Um, so I got the Celtics coming out of the East right now. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how it works out. Um, definitely psyched. Anything else you want to add there? Or? Uh, what do you want to move on to? We can, Bruins really you know, quick. Yeah, let's get get Bruins. Before we get Joey Hosey in here. Talk about the Bruins really quickly. Um, the Bruins have been very hot. We've talked about them over the last few weeks, 17-4-1 over their last 22 games. Um, currently sixth in the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference. Very close, um, only a couple points 
um, in between a good amount of the teams besides the Panthers. Um, but 22 points in the last 23 games for Taylor Hall. I know people have talked about his effort in the past, but something clicked on this team right now, and he's playing great hockey. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, another guy that has you know people have talked about his effort, but mm-hmm. um, obviously he wanted out at one point. He's third on the team of goals right now at 21. He's had a, re- a revitalized, I guess, season. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been playing really well. He's I mean, been great. Coming from doing nothing and requesting out now, I mean, doing what he's doing now, scoring goals, uh, being a major contributor. Um, I mean, it's been great to see. Signing the extension as well. Um, I mean, he's kind of getting back into the shape we saw two or three years ago with him. Definitely. Um, lighten it up a little bit. So, big That's goals last few games from him. Yeah, exactly. We need depth, uh, especially in scoring. Um, you know, just the way they're so top-heavy. It's great to have a guy like DeBrusque really stepping up and finally scoring goals, uh, as we kind of expected him to the last couple of years. Um, Absolutely. Just seeing that. Um, and that's another thing. I mean, the Bruins need goals, and, and obviously you're going to get points and, and goals from, you know, Pasta and, and Marshan, but you needed someone else to step up. And obviously Bergeron does a lot too. I mean, all three of those guys, the top three players, do a ton. You just need other guys to step up around them. Pasta and Marshan have, mm-hmm. you know, 71 points each, and then you have Bergeron and, and Hall tied for third on the team in points with 54. They just got to stay hot. That's the Bruins, That's what the Bruins have to do. Um, obviously, I've only, I think, five or six games left. So just finish the season, shop, mm-hmm. get into the Tied up with the Lightning healthy. right now, too, which is impressive. I mean, we're one game ahead of them uh, in terms of game pl- uh, games played, but we're tied at 93 points. So, uh, and the Leafs are only ahead at 96 points. Uh, and we have the same amount of games played as them. So, I mean, there's still a chance we could get that second uh, spot in the Atlantic. I don't think it's likely at this point, given we only have five or six games left. Um, but, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. It's going to go down to the wire, regardless. Absolutely, yeah. So, see how that goes. Definitely psyched to see how that works out with the bees. I know Mike Curley's psyched too. We got to get him on here at some point. Um, but uh, now we'll probably move on. Joey Hosey coming in. Yeah, Stop let's get from St. Michael's College. Going to give him a call right now. Um, yeah, he's had a great season. Yeah, the season's going. Sophomore. Um, he was great in high school. Got the chance to go play at St. Michael's with his with his brother Ryan. So the teammates, which is really cool. And I've talked about Fat Hosey before. Great artist. Um, he's also, um, you know, a, a great pitcher as well. So he can do both. Um, and then obviously Joey character on his own, great baseball player too. So I'm psyched just to have him come in, give some insight into the season, how it's gone for the purple Knights, and, uh, how he thinks it's going to end up. Here we go. Let's yeah, call for him sure. right now. Here he is, star pitcher from from St. Michael's College, Joey Hosey. How we doing, my boy? What's going on, Joey? How you doing, Kuzey? There he is, my boy. Thanks for coming on, kid. I appreciate it. I just talked about how great of a season um, you've been having. You pitched great. Uh, two innings on Sunday and a big win. Um, the team needed, obviously. Um, Absolutely. And how did it feel, though? Yeah, let me let me hear. So, how do how do you think it went? How did how did how did it feel being on that mound Sunday, especially in front of a lot of fans, your whole family? Yeah, no, definitely. I think baseball. is probably one of the most mental sports um and i think that you know just getting over like obviously the mental aspects of any sport's hard but uh i think just kind of growing mentally as an athlete and just understanding what you're doing and just having some fun like i think that uh just carries carries what you try to do and everything like that so i don't know i just think that the mentality has changed and kind of you have to get in those two wins you know i mean i know like small school baseball and big leagues and stuff like that, it's it's pretty cool just to play in like a, a small league where I feel like where I feel like I would fit in and mm-hmm. all that type Absolutely. of stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so it's just me trying to like grow within that small type of school feel, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, you played great. Sure. And it was it was great being there on Sunday. As I said it was a great environment. 
Um, obviously, you had a lot of the boys there. You had a lot of your family there. I mean, it was the whole Kelly family there for the most part. It's like the Christmas party, huh? Oh, exactly. I didn't even say you're my cousin. I got to let everyone know. It's my, my cousin, Joey Ozzy, as I said. I've been talking about his baseball abilities, but forgot to mention I'm his cousin. So can't let people forget, you know what I mean? But um, anyways, a, a big question, though, is uh, do you feel like all the work you put in the offseason is shining right now? I know you put in a lot of work on the curveball and your off-speed pitches. How do you think it's been going? How do you think it's been looking? Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, for anything, like if you if you really try to focus on something and you try to grow it, no matter if it's you know sports, baseball, life, whatever. But mm-hmm. I just feel like when you when you try to improve on stuff for so long, I mean, eventually it's gonna start going your way. And I think that you know just after repeated efforts and efforts and efforts, like anything's possible. So I just think that like you know going through my summer and going through the off season, kind of just like working out and and just trying to get these pitches down better and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's definitely coming out a little bit. And, I mean, also, just, like, growing up, like, as a sophomore now, I just feel like having a little bit of experience and stuff just helps a lot. So I think, obviously, with all the experience and just everything you do on the offseason, I definitely think it's it's making a little bit of a difference now. Yeah, I hear you. What's your routine been like to stay in shape, uh, both on a daily basis and, you know, weekly uh, throughout the off season? I mean, so in the off season, I was just kind of going to the gym a lot, throwing a lot, doing anything I can kind of just get better. Because you never know, like, what opportunities will be presented to you. Like, if you continue to, like, do good or, you know, change and get better and stuff. So, I mean, I just kind of try to try my hardest and just go all into something because, I mean, we're all in college and. I mean, you're only in college once, so you might as well give it your best, I guess. That's but, uh, it, kid. Yeah, I hear you. You beast. A good way to look at it. But, I mean, uh, I don't know. My routine now is just kind of trying to maintain where I'm at. Uh, I mean, through the season, it's a little bit hard because, you know, you, you have practice, class. Class, of course, my uh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> He's been in the books. That's right. Well, yeah. Hey, yeah, I mean, that's why I call you a student athlete. That's it. And I, I was at the game the other day, me and all my boys, everyone sitting by the bullpen. I was asking the kid about his homework. PG, PG, shout out PG. There you go. PG, yeah, of course, shout out PG. Shout out Cap Curly, too. Can't forget Mark Walsh as well. The whole gang was there. You already know. Yeah, but that was great talking about your homework mid game. Kid, I said, I said, you think about your essay right now? I think about my baseball. Yeah, hey, you got it done, though. Like, like, like a beast, like a gentleman, huh? Let's go. Bean shooter, baby. Straight gentleman. Beat you, though. Just like, you know, I'm always stressing about school, but hey, I look back and I'm like, hey, I've been here 50,000 times, so like, this is just another one. That's it. That's the mentality you need. I know you've been grinding more than anyone, and I know no one loves the the game of baseball more than your brother, Ryan, so having him on your side to guide you is huge, too, you know? And that's a, that's a question that I, I want to ask you. What's it like being on the same team as your brother? I know it was a dream for you guys to play in college on the same team, and now it's it's come true, so what's it like? Oh, yeah, I mean, coming out of high school and stuff, like, I obviously had different opportunities to go to different schools and, you know, not even play baseball at some of them, but, you know, get a, you could say, a better education or whatever. But, I mean, once I got the opportunity to play, like, a college sport with my brother, I was like, it was just something I couldn't really pass up. And, I mean, me and my brother have a close relationship. And it's just, like, really, like, we're honestly kind of more friends them brothers but like and i don't mean that in a way but i i mean like we're both obviously but yeah and i get that i mean you're yeah. my brother too kid you know what i mean you gotta add yeah, that in there you got a lot of brothers exactly. like, like you my guys, boy like, you're my brother like he's my brother like you got a lot the same, you know? james but, uh, it, it really is just like playing baseball with like one of you guys you know so mm-hmm. it's uh 
it's really nice and it's really fun and it's just something that you know was once in a lifetime and just had to do it absolutely yeah there you go uh here's another one for you joey who's your go-to pregame artist or a song, either way. I didn't, yeah, song. I didn't got songs, artists, either one. Last song you listened to before you get up there? Uh, you know what? That's a tough one. Yeah, no, it's uh, a tough you one. Know, you can never go wrong with some little baby. I feel like, ah. okay. I feel like he's hot right now. He's got a little. He's got. He's got tunes like like he can get you hyped. He can get you in the zone. He can get you ready to go. Like so. That's it. I think I'm always. I'm always going for some little baby. Maybe some Drake pregame old Drake. Hey, maybe some little okay, Yachty, like dude. She ready, little Yachty. I know it gets us going. You know that. Fat Hosey, everyone. Oh, Fat Hosey, of course, of course. I mean, yeah, you're lucky. You, you, I mean, you have the best family in the world, the funniest family. You got athletes. You got comedians. I mean, you, you can't be any more lucky than you are with, hey, you, with your family. Hey, you already know my brother for life. You know that kid since day one. Um, and, I'm in, and obviously, you know, I've talked about Mark on here. A ton. He's come on, but it's great having you come on here. It's just a blessing being able to have you come on. I got to get Jacob on here at some point. Paul on here at some point. Ryan. I know it has been a minute. Yes, sir. It has been a while. You got to come through to BC again soon. Oh, you know I'm there. Let's go um, next year in the mods. Come on. Definitely, kid. We need you on the football team here too. But um. <laughs> You, I, I know, I know your abilities. This summer, we're running back July twenty third. People ain't ready for that. The pawns it. They're not ready. Everyone come out the door chest for that. But God. Um, yeah. So I got another question. So, uh, what's been your go to pitch? Obviously, you throw. You've been throwing a lot of off speed pitches, and I saw you had great movement. I never. I, you've always had good movement, but the movement you had the other day that was just unreal. That, as I said to you, that was elite movement you had on all your pitches. So, what's what's your go to pitch? Is it the change up? Is it the curveball? Uh, so honestly, in a two strike count. I've been liking my curveball, but in a two-strike count, I kind of want to go with the high fastball and then yep. see what happens there. If they don't hit that, then I'm going down to a curveball in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to get a swing there. But if I'm behind in the count, like sometimes, like I would just every happens to everyone, but like sometimes I'll just fall behind in the count. And something that I didn't have in the past that I have now is kind of like uh, that changeup. And so. So when, when you throw a changeup behind in the count, it's like they think that it's a, a real nice fastball coming in and they just take an absolute hack at it and it just drops right before it gets to the plate or the change in the speeds and everything like that. So I really like the way the changeup's working. I like the way the curveball's working. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think both of those are my go-tos when I need them, you know, and then okay. obviously fastball is just a pitch to contact and all that stuff. But. Definitely. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've been crushing it. Um, so coming off two big wins, what's your outlook for the rest of the season? Um, two huge wins, obviously. You guys needed those two wins. Doubleheader, huge wins against Stonehill. Um, what's what's your uh, outlook for the rest of the season? How do you think it's going to turn out? What do you look forward yeah, to? No, uh, I think that definitely winning those two games is kind of getting us out of our shell. I mean, we didn't have the best season last year at all, but I feel like this team that we have now with uh, the 11 or 13, actually, freshmen that we brought in are actually yep. – Really, a really good freshman class, and I think that we're on a lot better baseball team on and off the field. Um, I think that it's just important. This team, I feel like, meshes a little bit better together, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, coming off two wins, hopefully we can just string them together and catch some fire, you know what I mean? That's what you need, yeah. kid. Yeah, I know. So, I know, yeah. You guys have been hot. You guys have been hot in the Western games. Like Cruz says. That's it, dude. <laughs> you already know, kid. That's, That's the name of the game. Um yeah. And so, here's another question I have. So, what game are you looking forward to most? Obviously, you got Bentley this weekend, um, some huge matchups there, but is there a specific game you're looking forward to? Um, any matchup? I know you guys are playing um, in New Hampshire at some point, right, at Southern New Hampshire. So, yep. any games you're looking forward to? Uh, I wouldn't say there's a specific game. I 
eight games I'm really like have marked down on the schedule that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play this game. But definitely want to play the people that like smacked us around pretty bad last year. I definitely want to play them and see, you know, what we can do with this new team and see how we can battle back and kind of not not get beat by them that bad again and just see, you know, exactly what we can do and just see how much we've grown and see where it goes. But for the rest of the year, I just do think that I'm more excited for the rest of the year after the two wins. And I think that just a lot. Everyone's just in a better better spot mentally. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, and everyone stepped up. Boost, yeah. A lot of people stepped up in that last game. Obviously, you went um, an inning and two-thirds. Um, had a nice strikeout. Obviously, there's some tough pitches there where I took a lot of videos of, of your pitches, which I sent you all of them, but some tough calls there. A lot of them look like you had the inside corner and he wasn't giving you those breaks, and then sometimes that happens. But you still came in, kept your composure, got the outs you needed, and then obviously um, Kobe finished the game, got the big win. I honestly thought you pitched well enough for the win. It's just, you know, obviously, you know, they took the lead and then you yeah. lose the chance to get the win. But you pitched well enough for the win. I wish you got it, obviously, since, you know, this was a big win. Obviously, it would have been great to have on the record, but um, yeah, you pitched well enough sure. to get the win, yeah. so that's something to be proud of. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. At that at that point in time, it's just kind of like you just want you just want to win the game. So that's it. I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. glad that I can yeah, yeah. do my part a little bit and then have a, a freshman in Colby who, like I was saying, this freshman class is pretty good. Definitely uh, didn't give into the pressure and kind of held his own and um, definitely that game. So. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Mm-hmm. And you had a lot of guys step up. I mean, Yuli's been playing great. Um, Andrew went three of six in center field, which I never saw him play. I didn't, I, I never, I've never seen him play, and he just had a huge breakout game on Sunday. Obviously, leadoff hitter, too, so you expect him to be a good hitter. Yeah. But three of six, that's huge, especially since you guys played. That was the fourth game of the series. So you guys were definitely, you know, feeling, you know, a little, little fatigue just from playing four times in two days. But you guys killed it. It was a huge win. Um Obviously, it's a momentum building now. Going back to Vermont, I'm sure you guys were psyched to get home. Kid had a big essay to write on the way back on the oh, bus. Yeah. Hey, still got it done, though. I'm sure you got That's it done. That's all that matters. I know you. I know like you. He does his work. Like a real student athlete. How to, how to get it done, you know? You got to do what you got to do. That's it. That's it. So, one last question about um, the season. So, what's the hottest thing about pitching in Vermont? Is it the is it the cold weather? Is it all the travel you guys got to do? Obviously, because you play Stonehill and Bentley and Assumption and AIC. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's the cold weather because, uh, I mean, like we went down to Florida or even pitching in, in Boston, like where we're from and stuff, you know, but it's like it it's cold there, but up here it's just a different beast when it's cold um, mm-hmm. and like everything just stiffens up and stuff. So pitching in the cold is not fun, but I, I do think that, that that's the biggest downside of pitching in Vermont. Like, um, cold. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely the cold. Definitely, and hey, I might I might have to make my way up there, kid. Me, you, Ryan, Hosey. That's a, that's quite the uh, pitching rotation there. Let's get it done. <laughs> Why the not? That's the big three right there. Why not? We we were on the same team in high school. The one time we were on the same team, we won a chip, did we not? So yes, come on, did, right. there you go. Bring it back. The NE ten eight ready for them. If us three are on the same team, we've only had one year on the same team. All of us chip, yep. chip. Yep. Joe was in ninth grade, just being an absolute stud. Or eighth grade, you were in eighth grade, absolute stud. Wow. He was a stud, and then he transferred to CM. But if we kept you, kid, the domination would have kept going, dude. Imagine me and you, senior year, junior year, in the rotation. Would have been nuts. They wouldn't have been ready in the MCSAO. But uh, so a couple more questions. Um, funniest teammate besides Ryan? Obviously, you got some characters on the team, and Jose and Justin, Ozzy. Who's the Yuli? Yeah, yeah. Who's the funniest teammate besides besides your brother Ryan? Because obviously, we know he's a comedian. anything in life like there's just always people that offer offer different things and so 
I just think that, I mean, like, in the bullpen and stuff, being a pitcher, like, there's always that one that one quiet kid that just busts out a random joke. That's <laughs> yeah, I get that. And I got that that, that vibe of it because I was standing by it the whole game. Yep, exactly. There's always that guy that's always making jokes. Some of them are funny, some of them aren't. <laughs> and, uh, there's always that guy that's just lights out with every joke and it's just hilarious and that's Ryan. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's hard to say after Ryan, but... Uh, we definitely got some comedians. I get that. I get it. You do have a lot. I was going to say, it's hard to pick one. That's why I named four or five guys. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've only met some of those guys once, now twice this past weekend. But um, I, I couldn't imagine what's like living with him. You're probably laughing the whole entire time, especially with Ryan. I mean, just having him around. James, your brother James, another comedian. Oh, my God, James. Something else. Another legend. Another legend. Um, so a couple more questions, Joe. A couple quick hitters here. Yeah, so uh, Joey, who's your favorite pitcher to watch? MLB, college, anyone besides yourself or your brother? Besides your brother, too. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really, really, really like um, Jack Leiter. Oh, he's, okay. he's a pitcher. He went to Vandy. He, uh, he got drafted in the first round by... Um, the Rangers. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just love watching him pitch. Like Every time he goes out there, he's just a dog. Just ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> a dog, like the clips. He just handles his business like a gentleman. And I mean, what, what more can you ask for in a kid, you know? Yeah, I, hear you. I don't know. Yeah, Jack Leiter, he's just always out there just shoving in. Definitely. So, and he's done in double A. Maybe. Huh? I said he's done in double A this year. Maybe he'll make his way up to the majors you know, next year at this time. Soon. You know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. one last question, Joe Ho. Favorite athlete overall? I'm assuming it's probably going to be a Boston one. Um, but if not, who's your favorite athlete overall? Like of all time? Or uh, like anything. You can pick all time, right current, now, all time. future, yourself in the MLB. I mean, pick anything you want. I, like, just as a kid, I, I just think, obviously, like, I have my fair share of, like, players and stuff, but, like, I love the Celtics and everything, but uh, just of all time, I think David Ortiz, like, yep. okay. there was, That's a good there one. was just nothing more, ele- like, electric than going to Fenway when David Ortiz had the bat in his hand. He's just <laughs> knocking, knocking the ball around, knocking it out of the park like no other. You already know, kid. But yeah, definitely David Ortiz. Like he just had that it factor that a lot of people will never have, and so mm-hmm. I don't know. absolutely. Yeah, he was special to watch. For and you sure. got that. You got that it factor too, though. You you battle always, just like the Clippers. You play like a dog. For sure, for sure. I know. I know you went the Clippers a little too. You know that dog. I know uh, you know. I, Ah, uh, yeah, there, kid. Especially no, no Kawhi or PG. If you don't have both of them healthy, PG's it's not going to be close. PG's with good. both of them, it'll be a series. With only one of them, it's not going to be close. It's a very different like series, and neither of them can stay healthy. So yeah, that's my thing. I mean, if they did, May and June, they're not going to be around. Probably PG will be fine. Kawhi's the only question about coming off the ACL, only having be you know nine months now. But I think I yeah, think, I mean, no Kawhi will be fine. No Kawhi Clippers aren't going to be close to the finals, in my opinion. So. Whoever matches up against them will be worried, let's be honest. They know they're going to have to play a, a full 48 with, minutes a night. With PG, they're going to be good for an eight seed. Gritty. The way they're playing right now, yeah. Like Cruz said, after that trade for White, they've just been balling out. Yeah, offensively and defensively, just the ball movement and then you know the hustle and the heart on defense. It's been tough to beat for a lot of teams. and. That would carry us deep in the playoffs for sure. Joe Ho, kid. Hey, it's a pleasure having you come on. You know you're always welcome. Yeah, thanks for coming again. on. It was great to talk to you both. Yeah, hey. it was good catching up. See you soon, for sure. Always yes, a pleasure, sir. kid. Come Hopefully another one. Um, hopefully another game soon. But 
Um, absolute stud pitcher right here. So it's a pleasure having him come on the podcast. Thank you so yeah, much, Joey. You. Appreciate it, my boy. I love you, kid. All right, have a good one. All right, take it easy. Bye bye. What an That's absolute sick. legend. Yeah. Have a Joey Hosey come on. Glad to hear from uh, Joey. Get to hear about the St. Michael's baseball season. Pretty sick. Um, but now you want to continue with baseball and move into uh, opening day in the MLB? Absolutely, yeah. So the Red Sox are supposed to play tomorrow. End up getting rescheduled to Friday now at 1 o'clock due to um, some uh, some weather in, in, in New York. So mm-hmm. tough to move the opening day, especially since, you know, we've been waiting. Now it's been a you know whole week, you know, from when the season was supposed to start because the lockout pushed it back. Um, we already lost a week of the season. Now we're just missing another day. So the anxiety mm-hmm. and the uh, in and the anticipation obviously is building up. But I'm mm-hmm. psyched. Hey, it's I'm still coming. Forward. We know it's going to be on this weekend regardless. So. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm psyched to see where the Red Sox end up. Um, obviously, coming into the season, had 92 wins last year. Um, I see them having another really good season. Um, I think they're going to go 88-74, so just four games um, less. I still think they make, they make the playoffs. I just see with the division getting much better. And the division was already stacked. But with how much you know the Blue Jays put in, how much the uh, the Rays have been doing too, um, I think the Red Sox go 88-74, make the playoffs, Probably finish second in the AL East. It would be very close between those four teams. Obviously, the Orioles would be the fifth. Um, but the Orioles also have some talent. Cedric Mullins, my pick for MLB leader in hits this year. I think it will always be the, the, the leader in average as well. Um, he should be up there in the MVP conversation. He puts up another 30 home runs and 30 stone bases like he did last year. Um, but my pick right now, uh, obviously the Red Sox play. The Yankees, I want to talk about that. Evaldi, Cole, Friday now, supposed to be yesterday. It's a wild card rematch. Um, should be a great game. Um, I think the Red Sox end up winning that first game, start the season hot. I see them beating Garrett Cole and the Yankees, 7-4. Um, hopefully the bullpen um, is strong, too. Obviously, the starting rotation has been an issue for the Red Sox. And just the other day, Chris Hill was announced to be out through June. Um, so that's definitely a tough loss. He can't stay healthy. Speaking of you know, Kawhi and PG, Sales yeah, has been a major healthy. issue. Sales even been less healthy, which is which is harder to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't started a season with him. Have we started one season with him? Just this first one, no, right? Or not even we, this first? Uh, he was here for the for the first one. Besides that, he has been Since healthy. Since then, yeah, it's every which is year. Not, so now, one I mean, year, it's tough. he was fully healthy. Um, that's the thing. But hopefully, the Red Sox catch fire. Have a great lineup. Obviously, we talked about Trevor's story before. Xander Bogats going to his last year of his deal. Devin's the Red Sox tried to give an extension to, I guess, today. Um, they, I guess he, they were far off in the numbers, so it ended up not working out. I see Devin's being in the MVP conversation, being a top three in the MVP for the AL. For sure, he's one of the best hitters in the league right now. Oh, hottest, too. I mean, you never want to throw him a fastball with a player that's going to end up um, all the way in the ocean, um, mm-hmm. you know, 600 yards away. Um, but my predictions right now for the MLB season is going to go down. I'm seeing Phillies, Dodgers in the NL. Red Sox, White Sox, and the AL. I love what the White Sox did in the offseason. Um, obviously lost Carlos Rodon, which is a tough loss. Rodon was great last year. They added Johnny Cueto, very underrated signing. Probably one of my favorite, probably my favorite pitcher in baseball. Besides the ones I've talked about, everyone knows I like DeGrom, Scherzer, Severino. I'm a big fan of Johnny Cueto. Love his changeup. Uh, I love the shimmy he does every time he pitches. Big fan of him. I think it's a great signing. Very underrated. Just happened a day or two ago. So I think Red Sox, Phillies, World Series. Red Sox are the Phillies in six. The Phillies lineup has been electric. Um, obviously, adding Kyle Schwarber and, and Castellanos has been huge. Adding them, you know, with Castellanos and uh, adding them with Hoskins, excuse me. Um, obviously, Ramudo has been unreal. Um, had a great year last year. Um, missed a few games. It was great. Hoskins strikes out a lot, hits a lot of home runs. And then Mickey Moniak, 2016 first overall pick, has been great in spring training. Hit another home run today. I see him taking another big step up. Obviously, he's two years in the majors, very short stints. Didn't work out. I see him staying in the majors this year and creating himself, establishing, establishing a role within the Phillies lineup. Uh, what do you think for the season for the Red Sox? Um, yeah, my World Series prediction right now is Red Sox-Mets uh, with the Red Sox taking the whole thing. 
Um, I think the Red Sox are going to be really underrated last year. We saw that last year, how a lot of people were kind of writing them off, and they still finished with 94 wins, right? 92. 92. 92. Okay. Uh, regardless, we've got some of the best hitters in the league, and then we're adding Trevor Story now, too. Um, I'm losing a guy like Schwarber. going to hurt a little bit, but obviously replacing uh, him in the infield with a guy like uh, Trevor Story at second base is going to be huge for the team. Uh, and then looking to the NL as well, I think the Mets, uh, they got two of the best pitchers in the league right now, and Scherzer and DeGrom. Um, and they got plenty of guys that can hit as well. Um, and, you know, they're one of the favorites right now as a World Series contender. I think they're ranked number seven uh, in terms of Vegas odds. So uh, I think they're definitely a sleeper pit to win the NL this year, um, just with incredible starting pitching. And then, you know, plenty of guys that can hit the ball really well, too. They get on base well. Um, so, and I got Red Sox winning the World Series. Um, so, I mean,. I think we're going to be one of the best teams in uh, the American League in the league this year. Uh, and, I mean, kind of like you said, I kind of agree. Uh, you know, the ALH is going to be stacked with teams like the J, uh, Blue Jays, Rays, and the Yankees. Uh, we should still finish first or second in that division, I think. I think we're the most talented. Um, so I only really seeing a, a CS being first or second. Um, it's going to be close to the top regardless, though. Um, so, yeah, there you have it. I got yeah. Red Sox over the Mets. So some predictions for, for uh, awards. Um, I do really like Devis. I think he's going to be in the conversation. I think Cedric Mullins is in the conversation. But if Mike Trout stays healthy, same thing with Otani. Um, it'll be either one of them, I believe, winning it in the AL. Obviously, last year, um, Otani had a great season. Trout was out um, for the majority of the season. But if you could put both of them right now, I'd say, uh, which in the MLB rankings, they were number one and number two in the best players of baseball. Um, so having those two guys on the same team, I'm sure they'll both be competing for the MVP vote. Um, I'm going to go Trout if he's fully healthy. I think he's the best player in baseball, especially if he can play you know, four-fifths of the season. That's all you want out of him. Mm-hmm. They can make the playoffs if he does, obviously with that division really just being Houston um, and and uh, the Angels really competing there. The Angels obviously picked up you Noah know, Syndergaard, so another guy that's been hurt a ton. Uh, but if he can stay healthy, I have an ace in him. Um, so I'll take Mike Trout in the AL MVP. NL MVP, um, obviously question mark always since – the NL is always a ton of guys hit 50 home runs. On the top of my head right now, I love Mookie Betts. I'd say Mookie. The NL is very stacked. The Bryce Hopper won it last year. I don't see him repeating. Um, but at the top of my head right now, it's a good question. Freddie Freeman had a great year last year, too. Obviously, adding him to that Dodgers lineup, big question mark. Um, you know, how he's going to fit in that lineup. They're already so stacked. Um, he's probably going to hit in fourth, I'd imagine. But NL MVP, trying to think right now. Hmm. I'd say Mookie off the top of my head. I think he has a big year. Um, I think Cody Bellinger is bounced back here. I don't think he's going to win MVP. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, so Red Sox, Phillies, Cruz Gut, Red Sox, Mets. Sox, Mets, um, yep. Oh, actually, I forgot about Juan Soto. Oh, wait, Juan Soto, he's, he's actually the favorite right now. But Juan Soto, another guy that, you know, that mm-hmm. whole team. He's the favorite right now. Um, um, I think he can win it. Him for sure. Um, I'll probably go Soto in the NL. AL, I'll go Trout. I think Devin's close second, Otani third, Cedric Mullins fourth. I think Cedric Mullins wins the hitting um, award. I think he has the most hits in the MLB. Um, I think the NL, though, will be close. I think the Phillies, Dodgers, I think the Phillies are going to make a big stride with how good their lineup can be, especially uh, power-wise. I mean, all guys, all those guys can hit home runs. Um, so it'd be mm-hmm. cool to see you know, how that works out. Um, obviously, last year, Otani won the MVP in the AL. It's very tough to repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's got awards. just as good a shot as anyone, though. Um, it's tough to repeat. I mean, he's though, leading the in thing. the odds right now. Yeah, it is tough. You know what I mean? It's um, tough but to repeat. He's actually still my pick for the AL, and then I got uh, Mookie in the NL. So, I mean, I Mookie's a little bit more of a far close. shot, I think. Um, I mean, yeah, either way, and it will definitely be close. There's a lot of guys out there. Bryce Harper could repeat. Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers is another favorite. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how he fits in that lineup. Um, definitely be cool to see. Um, 
And then Rookie of the Year, it'll be very close. Obviously, there's a lot of good talent going in. Um, I think Spencer Torkelson has a great chance on the Tigers. Obviously, Bobby Witt Jr., number one prospect of baseball in Kansas City. I'm sure he'll probably be the most favored. I haven't checked the odds there. I think he'll be the most favored. Torkelson, I think, is the third or fourth best prospect in baseball. Um, yeah, Torkelson's number two. Julio Rodriguez, another great player in Seattle. A lot of these teams are rebuilding teams. So you got Kansas City with Witt Jr. you got the Tigers with Torkelson, the Mariners with Rodriguez, and then the Orioles with Adam Rutschman. Um, four teams right there that are rebuilding, but have a lot to look forward to and seeing how those guys um, obviously work out and pan out. Um, mm, I'll probably sure. go Torkelson. I'll go on the AL. Um, that's the thing, though. The thing about the Cy Young in, in the Rookie of the Year, especially the MVP and all that, I guess it's all based off of you know, could be biased and stuff like that. If, if mm-hmm. we think could be the best. Yeah, of course, these days with, you know, media picking awards and everything, we see it in every league. Definitely. Um, you know, tons of recency bias, all that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. got to be um, aware of that. I mean, that's a huge obstacle right now for Shohei to win it back, uh, run it back again, win the MVP for the AL. So, definitely. Definitely got to keep that in mind. It'd be cool to see how it works out. I'll go Seiya Suzuki, um, another favorite, but big signing by the Cubs, signing him to a five-year, $85 million deal. So, um, huge signing for them, picking him up. I'll see him. I think he's the most um, marketable player right now in the NL um, for the NL Rookie of the Year vote. Um, so see how that works out. But really quick, um, college baseball, um, bean pot recap. Northeastern lost yesterday 4-2. to BC had a big win. Um, great pitcher of Jordy Allen for Northeastern. Corey DiLorado, hottest hitter on Northeastern's team. Went 4-7 in the last two games. Big RBI single on Sunday's matchup against William Mary in the fourth inning to hit Mike Sirota home. Um, three runs scored in the last three games for him. He's been very hot. Max Vieira, another hot player, had a huge double in Sunday's game. Um, two RBI double. Hit Di Loretto in, actually. Um, and then yesterday, Di Loretto was two of three. Um, added a walk as well, so three of four on base. Hustled to second base to break up a force out. Um, and then Wyatt Scotty, Sunday, uh, went eight innings, four hits, seven Ks, two earned runs. BC, yesterday, Cam Leary had another home run. Um, he's had a great season so far. Paco Landwer um, hit a two-run shot. Um, in the fifth to give BC mm-hmm. a four-two lead. He's been playing well the last couple of weeks. Yeah, with 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 Burns being hurt, been a good hitter for us. He's been starting. Um, obviously, BC struggled against Wake. They ended up winning that last game of the series, but the first mm-hmm. two games of the series were tough games. With BC losing fifteen ten last Friday, I was there for that one. Missed the last two, um, but Parkland has been stepping up in, in in Burns' absence. I think he took Definitely. a pitch. Yeah, I think he had a big hit in that uh, Wake game too on Sunday. He did. He did. He pitched great. Tied it up. Um, so we'll see how that works out. Leary obviously playing great. The pitching was great yesterday, too. Charlie Kuhn pitched really well when he came in in the fifth and the sixth. Uh, Max Geek pitched very well against Northeastern earlier in the year and pitched well yesterday. Um, so we'll see how that works out. BC will be facing UMass. Um, UMass beat Harvard yesterday 9-5. I'll give BC the edge. I think BC wins that game 8-5 in the Beanpot final. Should be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that works out. Yeah, I got BC winning 6-3 in that one. I mean, hitting has been solid all year. I don't think that's going to be an issue for us. Uh, and then, you know, a team uh, that has less talent compared to, you know, every other ACC team in UMass, I don't think pitching will be as big of an issue for us as it usually is. Uh, so I got BC 6-3 on that one. Absolutely. Um, so we'll see how that works out. Then the Frozen 4 tournament really quick. Tomorrow, semifinal at the TD Garden, Denver versus Michigan at 5. Um, both teams high-scoring offenses. Both score over four a game and just give up, just, just give up about two. Uh, Michigan's 13 NHL draft picks, which I've highlighted before. Four of last year's top five. Um, the NHL Draft 2021, Hingham native and sophomore forward um, for Michigan, has 43 points. Um, that's Matty Veneers, 43 points in the year, 20 goals, 23 assists. Brendan Brisson added uh, 21 goals, 21 assists as well, another sophomore, had a great season. Michigan's loaded talent-wise. Luke Hughes, only a freshman defenseman, has 17 goals, 22 assists. Uh, Michigan lit up Quinnipiac 7-4, AIC only gave up uh, five goals to them, so impressive on AAC's part. Um, but I got Michigan 
I, I got Denver actually beating them. Denver junior forward, uh, Bobby Brink, uh, Hobie, actually candidate, has 56 points in the year, number one in college hockey, former second-round pick of the Flyers. Um, Carter Savoy's had a great year as well, 44 points. And then junior goalie Sweden uh, from Sweden, uh, Magnus Krona, has a 91% save percentage and gave her two goals um, against average. Um, and then Minnesota State versus Minnesota. Um, in that game, I actually have Denver winning. Um, four to two, and then Minnesota State versus Minnesota. I get Minnesota State winning two to one. Uh, Minnesota State's got four goals a game, uh, scores four goals a game, so only allowed one point two nine. Minnesota scored a ton two three point six one, but they've allowed two point two six, so just a little more than Minnesota State has. Minnesota State's been led by Ryan Sandlin, has had a great year, leads them in goals at twenty one. Um, forward Nathan Smith has fifty goal, fifty points of the season, which is second most in the NCAA to Bobby Brink. Um, guys, to keep your eyes on there. Um, Dryden McKay's been great in net. 1.27 goals against average, um, and then 93.4 save percentage. Uh, Minnesota has been led by uh, junior forward uh, Ben Myers. He's a whole big finalist as well. 41 points and 17 goals and 24 assists. And then goalie Justin Close um, has a 1.834 goals against average and 93 uh, 93% save percentage. Um, and the Hobie, uh, the Hobie, uh, the Hobie finalist, the three of them. Um, you got Bobby Brink, Dryden McKay, and Ben Myers. All three guys are in their final four. All three four of their teams. All three of their teams are in the Final Four. I'll go with Bobby Brink. I think he's earned it the most. I think, I think Devin Levi should have been the winner. He's not a top three. Devin Levi should have been the winner since he had the second highest save percentage in college hockey this year. Um, but give me Denver 3-2 to over Minnesota State in the finals. I get Minnesota State 2-1 over right. Minnesota tomorrow. And then give me Denver 3-2 over Minnesota State. I'll take Bobby Brink to win the Hobie. So had a run yeah, through a ton it. there at the end. Yeah, no, that was a good speed round. Um, but, yeah, with that, 802 will wrap up another week. Uh, that was good, by the way. Uh, yeah, we had yeah, a ton. Um, but yeah, thank you guys all for listening for another week. We have a ton of fun doing this. Um, we'll have a week off next week because we're out of school uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, we'll see you guys back on the 20th. Um, we'll have a lot to cover then for sure, um, you know, with a lot going down the next couple weeks. Definitely. Uh, so we'll see you Looking guys then. Yeah. Really quick, Timmy Loftus giving his prediction 90 and 72. He's got the Red Sox going. I get 88 and 74, so very close. I was a big Kiki guy too, so I just want okay. to add that. And uh, like that. shout out to all my friends who are listening. Thank you, Paul. Paul Gerard listed in tonight. Nice Joey for calling in too, by the way. Joey Hosey, thank you for calling in. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Hopefully get Ryan Hosey on here soon. Um, thank you to the whole Keith family, the O'Malley family, uh, the Brennan family, uh, the whole Loftus family. Thank you guys so much for listening. Mark Walsh, always a pleasure having you listen in. Uh, my whole family as well. My mom and dad always listening. Thank you guys. Hopefully get my dad on here again soon. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening in. And as I've done the last few episodes, our thoughts and prayers with the Ukraine. Um, and we do have the pleasure of being able to talk sports, but there's obviously a lot more going on in the world. So. Um, hopefully things get better there soon. And thank you, Auntie Lisa, as well, for listening in. Another person I wanted to throw in there. Um, my Uncle Frankie's probably listening, too. So mm-hmm. thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We'll be back on next Wednesday night. It'll be our last one um, before Easter break, which will be back the following Wednesday anyways. But um, that'll be right before we leave, Wednesday, mm-hmm. April 13th. So we're psyched to get back to that. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Stay safe and well.